0: Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au.
1: Some things that, uh, that we believe the Word of God calls us to place in our lives. Um, and so we talked about love, we talked about forgiveness, we talked about the fact that love comes from God, but not only does it come from God, but He, uh, he is love. The Bible declares, he's the originator of love, which is, which is amazing. And then we've also uh, talked about forgiveness, that if we're gonna uh, build godly, healthy our relationships with those are friendships, marriages in our families, as, as parents, uh, as, as children and teenagers, and forgiveness has gotta play a massive part. And then, uh, then last week we talked about a couple of things to remove from our lives that uh, impact our relationships in a major way, we talked about pride, we talked about jealousy, and so, so today we want to uh, keep the discussion going um, with, these, with these legends that we have on the panel here with us.
2: Thank you. Well, we have Walter and Nicole, um, amazing couple. We met them a couple of years ago, and this couple are so real, authentic, and so humble, and we are, have heard of their story and what God has done, and we're so thankful that you are going to share today. Walter and Nicole have five children. That is correct isn't it? I'm just confirming five amazing children all spread out from the age of nearly two to um, 16 and uh, remarkable people. And they also run a marriage course up at Shalom um, and their involvement, so we're gonna hear more of their story. And Helen um, is an amazing woman, full of wisdom, full of life, full of joy, um, Is runs our prayer team here and also is a Christian counselor. And um, we value all of your input and we um, you're a very trusted person. And um, so thank you, Helen, for being on the panel as well as Walter and Nicole. So thank you. But our first question um, that we're going to start with today is with our key verse. um, This is our key verse. So I'm going to talk to Helen first. It is this. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather in humility, value each other above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Can you share with us what does this mean to you and how do you personally apply it?
0: Um, This verse actually means to me, do unto others as you would have them do unto unto you. However, there are some limitations in that. I'm not a doormat. You can buy one of those at Bunnings. (laughs) So I'm not a doormat. So in order to be able to do unto others as I I would have them do unto me, I need to look after me. I need to look to me, (laughs) self-care, and make sure I'm okay, because unless I'm okay, I can't do anything. For anybody else. So, in order to um, uh, not looking after your own interests, but but each of you to the interests of others, I need to look after me. You need to look after you. Then you can serve others.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. Walter and Nicole, what does it mean to you, and how does it apply in your lives?
0: (laughs) (laughs)
3: Um, Yeah, for me, it's. Yeah, the same, humility is so important to be able to be in relationship and to um, just, yeah, I've got to worry about myself and not worry about Walter and what he's doing and make sure that I'm in right standing before God uh, myself. So, yeah, to me it's a lot of self-reflection, yeah, repentance in my own stuff and then, um, yeah, worry about myself first before I can worry about him.
1: That's awesome. So good. So um, Walter and Nicole, can you um, share we probably don't have till 6 p.m. tonight, but can you share just a little bit of, um, of your story, um, how you met and some of uh, what this journey of marriage has been like for, for you guys?:
4: uh, Okay, so we obviously, um, with five kids and the two of us, you know, we, we've done life, we've, we've had a season life, but obviously... Where we are now is not where we started off, um, because where we started off was very different. I come from, um, I would say, a family that wanted to do the right thing but was uh, pretty abusive, Um, and that obviously developed and taught me to be a certain way in life. And then um, I won't speak for Nicole because she can say her her family, but um, then obviously we met, and so we had two histories coming together. Mm. They were very different, um, very very different, and and her way of dealing with stuff and my way of dealing with stuff. Was worlds apart. Actually, was worlds apart. She comes from South Africa. I'm from Australia, so you know we we were against it from the start. And I'm Dutch <laughs> as well, which so you know there's a little bit of stubborn going on there between the both of us. Um, but then my my upbringing was pretty abusive, pretty full-on. Um, you know, I was molested when I was a kid, um, and then that kind of brought me into a, a an area where. I just became aggressive and frustrated, and I didn't want to be that way, but I didn't know any other way to be. And then obviously I brought that into my relationship, um, and, and it carried on, and I think you should probably say your background a bit.
3: Yep. So for me, um, I like Walter said, I was from South Africa and um, moved over with my family. I was raised in a beautiful family, loving Christian, um, knew God from a very young age and had a relationship with him. Um, So I was very blessed. And then um, I met this amazing man that I fell in love with and just thought was amazing. So, yeah. Um, But I just had a really, um, really blessed... um, Obviously had my own stuff, um, as we do, as we bring into into a marriage. But, yeah. Um, Yeah, that was me. So we met when um, we were how old was it? Uh, 17? Yeah, I was 17, finished school, um, started relationship. I'm one of five kids myself um, in the middle and I fell pregnant um, at 17 and was not married but was in the church and so that brought a lot of shame and things that I carried from a young age. Um, and funny because I had this whole thing all but when you're sitting here in front of everybody all of a sudden it's like, um, what's my life again? So I'm just um, gathering <laughs> yeah, myself, that's why I need notes. <laughs> doing
0: well.
3: But yeah, so um, we met, got married um, as kids basically and um, I was, yeah, pregnant and all of a sudden had to grow up really quickly um, and we weren't, n- none of us, neither of us have really dealt with any of our stuff from the past yet. So,
4: and obviously, we weren't equipped. So we, you know, we were kids getting married, and we had parents that were trying to teach us. But when it came to relationship, you wouldn't go to my parents to get a, uh, relational advice because they're divorced now. Um, her parents are still together, um, which which was good. So it was two different lifestyles. And then um, once we got into getting married and having kids, and then responsibility, and and we were just we didn't know what to do. We were, and and obviously, all the stuff that I had, I took that with me. Um, you know, we made a lot of mistakes in marriage, and did a lot, of the, a lot of things wrong that I shouldn't have done. Um, so it got to a point where um, I actually ended up having an accident once as well and ended up on um, prescription medication. And I was on that for about 18 years and I became addicted to it. So we went down the road of addiction as well um, and a whole heap of other stuff that, that kept happening. And so it got to a point where it got that bad that Nicole had decided, uh, like you said, Helen. Actually, by your doormat at Bunnings. She was like, mm, "I've had enough of this. See you later. Get out of my life." So we actually separated, and um, she went to Queensland.
3: Yeah. So it. Um, I remember distinctly that day. Just God. Just. Um, yeah. Because there's obviously a lot of lead up to it, a lot of stuff that's happened in our relationship, and um, my heart just went, "Nah, that's it. I'm done." And so me and the children, my um, three kids at the time, we went to Queensland. Um, where my parents are, and I didn't speak to Walter for four months, um, where he entered Shalom House, um, and me and the kids were in Queensland, yeah. And then um, one day, well, I had to obviously come back again. The kids had school starting and things, so I came back to Perth, and um, Walter had had been there. I haven't spoken to him, and I actually went to Shalom um, to have a reconciliation with him. And um, I remember him walking through the door, and it was just not the same man at all. Like, it was just a shock of what it was before to what he was um, just in that four months where he went through transformation and um, dealing with his own stuff. Um, I was very bitter, very angry, um, had so much judgment towards Walter. I didn't want to know him. I didn't want to have anything. Didn't care what he told me. Yeah, so my heart was really hard.
1: What, what did um, God do in your life over that period while sort of get you to that place where Nicole's like, wow, this is a, this is a, different, this is a different person here?
4: Um, I think the first thing would be I had to get to a point of knowing that I couldn't do any of this on myself mm. anymore. Um, and so I hit what we would call rock bottom and um, when Nicole said, that's it, I'm done, um, I made a phone call and was like, well, obviously there's something wrong here because the only yeah. person that I do rely on is Balin as well. And so I went to Shalom House and in that four, four months, I, was, I grew up in sort of a Christian environment, but I didn't really have a relationship with God. And I think the first thing that happened was, you know, God saved me. I was baptised really early on, about a month in. Um, I think it was a month in. And then... Everything changed from that. He softened my heart. He changed the way I could see things. He changed the way that I uh, understood things. He helped me to be just vulnerable. I shared what had happened, which I'd never done before. Nicole didn't even know about the stuff that was going on. Yeah. And so there was a lot of this damage and hurt and that he just, he just took away. Like, he, he dealt with that. And then um, over the period of probably four to six months, um, he just taught me how to be the way that I'm supposed to be, not the way that I was. Amazing,
1: amazing. One more for you, Nicole, before we move back to Helen. What, what did God do during that, that time in, in your life?
3: Yeah, so like I said, I was very angry and bitter and, um, and not very happy, but came to Shalom, did a reconciliation with Walter, and um, I, I was, obviously was praying through this whole season that I was in, um, but I remember my prayer was a lot like, God, please don't make me take him back. I don't want to go, because it's like I know I've got to work towards it, but... Anyway, so then when I went there and I saw this changed person, um, I was just intrigued and I had this hope, there was this hope planted in my heart of, wow, this is different, he's different, he's just confessed all his sins to me, not not sins, but things that he's done. In our relationship, it was like actually a, um, how do you say it, like um, a confession of this is what I've done and he was just open and real with me. And anyone that's married and have been through similar things, you know like sometimes you're like, nah, I'm sure that he did something there and he's always denied it, but he just openly confessed it all, so it was 100% transparency and truth. And so then my heart had hope and um, through that we went into the program and I went into the program as well, thought I was great, I was such a good Christian, I'm doing so well, look at me taking my husband back. But it wasn't like that at all. It was really hard work. It was um,
2: learning to be humble, to be able to forgive. So, yeah. We're talking about forgiveness. We're going to bounce over to Helen. Can you share a time when you had to forgive someone who had wronged you? And what did God teach you during that time?
0: I remember it well. Um, It was... I'm I'm divorced, but it was back when I was married, and um, my husband forgot my birthday. Wow! Has your husband ever forgotten your birthday? Wow! Mate, I was angry, but I was angry on the inside. Um, But I knew I had to forgive him, and so you know, I got with God, and and I, I, you know, I confessed, told him what I was feeling, and all that sort of thing, and he forgive, and you know, the, the God forgives me, so I have to forgive him, and I forgave him. thought (laughs) so everything's going nicely and then it was our wedding anniversary and he forgot our wedding anniversary Wow another Wow so I was angry and I was hurt not only do you forget my birthday but now you've forgotten our wedding anniversary too so I now had two unforgivenesses I took them both back to God and said I thought I'd forgiven him but I haven't and so here we go and 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 you know we got back onto an even keel And then about a year later, and this is how I know I've forgiven because I can't remember this one. I can't remember what it was about. But there was another thing that happened, and it was, not only did you forget my birthday, not only did you forget my my anniversary, our anniversary, but you forgot this as well or you didn't do this as well. And then I thought, wow, I thought I'd forgiven those first two, but I haven't. And so I went before God again, and, and what he taught me was, I have no control over, I had no control over what he yeah. thought did behave, what his behaviour was. I only had control over myself. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a big learning lesson. Yeah. So, you know, now if I do get angry, if I do get what's, I, I, it's okay to have feelings like that. It's not okay to harbour them, to, to yeah. leave them there. Yeah you need to then get rid of them and say, I don't need to because he's responsible for his own stuff. I'm responsible for my stuff. And I'm responsible for not holding that anger. And so I choose to let it go. And, yeah, as I said, I can't even remember the the final icing on the cake, what that was. But, um, yeah, I I did forgive him eventually. Yeah.
2: So as a counsellor, you spend a lot of time with people. What would be one of the main key main issues that you work through with people regarding relationships with others? Um, relationships,
0: some relationships work beautifully and it's just a matter of communication. Most relationships are built on foundations of the past, mm-hmm. just like Warren said. Yeah. Okay? what? Well, ch- wa- sorry, Walter. Just like wa- Walter said. Um, his, he was born into... Um, a violent, a domestic, you know, a, 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 an angry household. But he, rec- he could hear that in the womb. So it starts in the womb. So if you're pregnant, watch out for your babies. Don't let them. Um, but, but our lives begin in the womb. Yeah, right. That baby understands the outside world. So that, under- that baby in, a, in an angry household, um, or, or if there's stress, they feel the mother's stress, says, This world is not a safe place to be. I don't want to come out. You know, it's not safe to be in this world. So when they're born, um, they can have lots of, you know, different the walk, go in different paths. Um, but it's a, it's a that, and whatever is a, a child doesn't understand is not able to reason. They just know this what's happening to them and how they feel about it. So all the, what we what we our environment up until the age of seven or eight. Is the, is the, are the foundational, un- unconditional, uh, uh, unconscious core beliefs? Yeah. Yeah. They're the ones that sit in our co- unconscious. So if it's fine, then the world is safe. If if it's um, if you're um, abused, well, nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. And I think I'll go and eat some worms. But um, you know, the world is that nobody, people who are meant to love me will hurt me, and that's your unconscious core belief. Now, as we get older and our reasoning starts. To kick in, we we can understand we we reason that away, and say no, yeah, I under, I know that all happened, but this is this is the reason, and it's okay. Well, it's not okay because your unconscious is still telling you, the world's not a safe place to be. Everyone who loves you is going to hurt you, and so your unconscious says, be a, be a doormat, just sit there, be quiet, be invisible, and they're the unconscious core beliefs that you bring into. A relationship Mm -hmm. so if I'm looking at relationships the first thing I'll do is is I'll have the the couple together and from there I'll I'll see and and know whether someone's got alcohol drugs needs needs and they need their unconditional core beliefs um, changed Mm -hmm. so I'll usually deal with each one separately Mm -hmm. and then if there is still an issue which often there isn't once those unconditional core beliefs are turned off I mean, they're like they're like. Um, have you ever seen Groundhog Day or Fifty First Dates, or yeah. you know, hit one Spotify song and it just goes over and over <laughs> and over yeah. and over. Yeah. Uh, in my day, it's the crack record. You know, to do, to do, to do. So, sorry, what's a what's a record? Can you? Explain oh, it I knew that, that had people come people up somewhere. <laughs> Go to Google. Google, I'll tell you, Marty. <laughs> um, but it's just going round and round un- in your unconscious. And you don't have any control over your unconscious. The thing is, your unconscious doesn't know what's right or wrong. It just knows what's fed to it. So if it's fed alcohol, then that's what it... That's, then, then the, you know, if, if it's fed... Not if it's fed alcohol. No, if it's fed um, the world's not a safe place, that's what it knows. doesn't know it's a lie. It just operates like that. And your brain, any part of your brain... Um, there's a part of your brain that puts all those memories into the filing cabinet. So the good memories that, that, have a happy, that have a happy emotion attached, you can say, ah, close that file, yeah. pop it into the filing cabinet. But anything that has a negative emotion attached, like the world's not a safe place, that file's still open. And until it's closed, until that emotional charge is taken out of that, yeah, that's great. that file's open. And so when you're triggered, it's from that open file that you've, you don't even know about, but your unconscious does, it says, because your unconscious needs, is keeping you safe. That's its job, is to keep you safe, from the information that it's been fed, from your environment. And that is, as an adult, that environment is still our thoughts, okay, our, our, our partners, our friends. Even where we live, that's our environment, and it's that that feeds the unconscious. Um, so, yeah. If, if at the end of dealing with, uh, you know, taking that emotional charge out of out of those unconscious core beliefs, there is still an issue. Nine times out of ten, it's communication. Yeah,
1: that's good.
0: Um, Yeah, and there are a lot of lot of rules on, not rules, but you know, guidelines to communication too. Do you want me to go into that?
1: We might come back to that as we in a second as we wrap up. But I'll just go to Walter and Nicole for a second because Walter, you started and said where we are now is not where we were to begin with. Um, what are some of the practical things that, uh, that both you and Nicole put into your marriage and put into your family that, um, that helped you get where you are now from, from where you were before?
4: Um, I think the biggest thing is accountability. You need to have an accountability. Um, as men, we don't want accountability because we think we can do it on our own and that's just crap. You, can't, you need accountability. Yeah. Uh, can I say that here? I yeah, just mm-hmm. you just yeah. did, but yes you can, that's fine. <laughs> Um, but it, you need to have an accountability, so if you're at the top of your pecking order in whatever you're doing, so you're the boss or whatever, um, that's, that's not healthy, because that's actually not real. God's above you, and yeah, if you don't right. know it, that's a pride thing. Yeah. But you, you need a physical representation here as well, so one of the first things that we did was we put in place an accountability, um, mm. and, and some of those people are here today, they've, they've kept us accountable yep. through the whole journey. The other thing that we had to put in place was um, you need to admit that there's a problem. Um, right. you, no point going to a rehabilitation centre if you don't think you have a problem. <laughs> there's no point, um, Actually, there's no point going into marriage if you don't think you've got a problem. We all have problems. Yeah. yeah. Um, everybody has issues. Everybody has stuff yeah. that comes up. Yeah. But then what are you going to do to actually deal with those issues? Um, because if your programming from either side won't allow for that, mm. then you're stuck. You're in a stalemate. Mm. Um, so then you need that person to go to. Um, and so we've done that. We've, we've done that with a few people, and we do it regularly. And when we get stuck, we, we, just, we choose, we're going to hit the pause button. Um, this isn't going anywhere. Obviously, we're fuelled. Um, in the back of your head, you've got this thing called the migla, does everybody know what that is? Mm. And once yeah. it fuels up, you're just incapable of rational thought. And 95% of arguments in a relationship happen because you get angry, your amygdala fills up, and then you're hoping to have a rational conversation. That's just crazy. It's not going to happen. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you've got to do that 45-minute breathing time, and that's another one where we have space and grace, where you just give the person the grace to go away and have some space. Because in 45 minutes, what you thought was an issue probably isn't, yeah. and it might be a lot about you. Yeah. Um, and if it still is an issue, then we go to an accountability. No, that's awesome. Nicole, anything else you'd like to... Um, okay. Yeah,
3: I think it was just, um, I think it's important to deal with the things, obviously, to be where we are now. We had to go back and unpack some of the things that did happen. So yeah. it's in the past, what we would do before we went to Shalom was um, stuff would happen, big things, and it would just be like, okay, I forgive you, but that means now we don't talk about it anymore and it gets put sure. under, the, under yeah. the rug, which is something we did not do. We dealt with the issues that, that came up. Um, I could share with Walter, how it made me feel, and then he could reflect back how I would have felt in that moment. So I think that was a really important um, thing for us moving forward. Um, and we still, yeah, and we still do it now, but we, um, we actually went into the couples program at Shalom. And so we had um, Jeff come alongside us and teach us how to do proper communication and reflective listening and um, all of those things, because yeah, there was a lot of hurt there and we had to work through a lot, so yeah.
1: No, Thanks, Nicole. That's, that's great. Um, jumping back to you for a second, Helen, I think um, you're about to give us some principles <laughs> of communication, which I think would be a really good way to, uh, to wrap up from you just those, those practical things that we can do to continue to develop healthy relationships. And I'm sure these are applicable right across whether we're married, engaged, uh, in our friendships, in our yeah. you know, work
0: relationships, wherever we are. Can you, can you give us a few of those, please? There are a few things we need to understand first, and one is: we ladies need to use fifty thousand words a day. You men only need to use twenty. So just be patient with us as we go off at the mouth. Okay. Um, But seriously, um, listening is probably the most important thing, and the most the thing. It's not listening; it's actively listening. Yeah, that's great. Um, and, and clarifying, and you've mentioned a, a couple of these, Walter and Nicole, clarifying what the other person has said if you don't understand. For example, I've got a prop.
1: Oh, oh, I oh okay. I Rachel will be proud of me, I've got a prop. <laughs> yes.
0: Rachel, tell me what you see.
2: I see a title, 800 horsemen, a flag, an Israeli flag, um, four men on horses, written by Cole Stringer, And it looks like a desert with camels on there.
0: Wow, that's not what I see. I see that. That and that. So you said that, but I heard that.
1: Yeah, yeah, very good.
0: And that's a good visual, visual illustration because men think differently to what we do. And men, if you've never watched A Tale of Two Brains, couples, kids, watch it. It talks about, ladies, do you know, men can actually think about nothing.
1: It's true, very true. Can you
0: believe that? Literally think about nothing, like zero and zilch. So when they say, what are you thinking about? Say nothing, but you must be thinking about something because our brains are like a short circuit. You know, They never stop. Remember that. And men also have little boxes in their brains. So when they talk when you're talking about one thing to them they'll pull the box out and they'll chat about it but when you stop talking about it, you pull, pull put it they put it away may or may not they may go into zero zone or they might pull out another box but we still thinking about that and ten minutes later we go back to that topic and he says what on earth are you talking about <laughs> pull out your box that's what I'm talking about it's an but it gives a really good illustration and it's you know, it's funny to watch as well, about 20 minutes, A Tale of Two Brains says how our brains, the difference in our brains. And so that's why it's important to say, to clarify what the other person has said if you think, I mean, if they, if they say something that you feel hurt by, just say, hey, just a minute, can I, can I just butt in there, is what I heard you say such and such? But you can't say you made me feel like that Mm. when you said that because I chose to feel like that. Unless I can clarify and say, and and then you say, no, no, I didn't mean it like that. This is what I actually meant. Ah. So my feeling hurt over my husband forgetting my birthday, I could have discussed that, but I chose Mm, to feel hurt. Not only that. But to push that hurt down when I thought I'd forgiven, to push it down, put a lid on it, and then with the second one, put another lid on it, nail it down um, until I finally got, to, got the message. So um, listening, that active listening, the reflecting back, really, really important. And another important thing, choose the right time to talk choose the right time to discuss mm. issues that you have yeah, very not good. when you have both come home from work and you're rushing to feed the kids and get the get them into bed and everything and not in the bedroom the bedroom is not for, for discu- deep discussion the bed- bedroom is for can i say this here this for fun and for sex yeah. okay that's what the bedroom's for it's uh, and you can and for praying and that sort of thing oh well that's secondary <laughs> secondary yeah, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. Keep going. On. Um, so yeah, not not in the bedroom. The bedroom is so at the dining room table. Have a place. You know, let's talk about this now. If it's not, is this a good time to talk about this? And uh, so the timing is timing is really important because if one's got mi- mindset getting the kids kids to Scouts, um, and the others ready to talk, doesn't work. Just yeah, doesn't that's work. That's when you get the anger. Okay, so make make a date to talk about discussions. Let's talk about this, you know, after lunch on Saturday. Okay, and set aside a time that you know you'll have about an hour to talk about a couple of things. Um, And and um, if during the keep it at a discussion, not an argument. You keep it at a a discussion by just what you were saying. I'm I'm feeling a bit frustrated. I just need to go out and get some fresh air, but I will be back. Okay, I will be back. And you come back once you've calmed down. Take some deep breaths and calm down and just a few thoughts. Now, if you can't... There are four outcomes to a discussion. One is you agree. Two is you compromise. Three is you can't come to a decision, so you'll talk about it later. And four is we're never going to decide on this. Let's throw it out. They're the only four outcomes. Mm, That's good. OK? And they're the four outcomes that you come with. Now, if you, des- if you both decide to throw it out, don't bring it back. It's thrown out. OK? And if, it, if you want to think about it and, and, and uh, you know, can't come to a decision, can't, can't come to an agreement or a compromise, then say, hey, let's talk about this, let's think about this and talk about it next week, the week after, whenever. Make a time and make sure you come back to it. OK? That's communication that's communication. And listening and, and, um, and hearing so many say, I've never been heard. Mm, yeah. They've been the doormat from Bunnings. Um, so, yeah, communication is a really big thing. That's great, Helen. That's great. Um,
1: final thought, Walter and Nicole, what would, you, um, what would you say to the married couple's families here in terms of encouragement from, that they can gain from, from
4: your story and your lives? Um, I'd say that you need to look, look at your relationship and just decide you know, what sort of relationship do you want to have in the end. So begin with the end in mind. If you know right. that there's a little bit of you know, something that's not okay now, don't wait until it becomes a problem. Right. Like Deal with it now. Mm. Um, if you've got disagreement in any areas, um, talk about them. Don't, just, you know, don't hide them. But unfortunately, sometimes... Some people feel like they can't share or they can't yeah. talk. So then you need like an environment. And even if you do feel like you can talk or share, it's just good to be in an environment where other people are sort of in the same boat and Great. you know do life together. That's how God intended it to be. That's why we do church. Yeah. Uh, that's why we do community. Because awesome. we're not supposed to do it on our own. Great. And I think the biggest thing to watch out for is, oh, I can't say that. Don't talk to people about that. Mm-hmm. No, you should say that. Yeah. You should actually yeah. talk about that. Yeah. Because if you don't, it's just going to stay there. And it will probably destroy your relationship. Um, so have a have a think about do I want to be with this person um, and do we want to grow old together and and hopefully you know die together? If the answer to that is yes, well you need to put stuff in place now. Because it'll never change unless you change it. Um, So choose, you know, do you want the pain to stay the same or the pain to change? You're gonna have pain either way. (laughs) One is now and then it's it's finite, you know, it's finished. The other one is just it's just going to keep going. So, there's a few people here that are looking at each other, and there's a few wives doing this. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, saw, I saw all of that. I love this. So this is yes. fantastic. <laughs> it's, if you're, so if you're, it's okay to be that way. Hey, yeah. if you've got some stuff you want to talk about, if you've yeah. got some stuff you want to unpack, yeah. um, you should actually make a point of, of making that a point.
1: Yeah, it's great.
4: Nicole, anything you don't.
3: Um, I'm, yeah, I'm good. I agree with what both of you said. It's be
1: good. Yeah. Awesome. Yes, address-
2: <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to um, these amazing couples, Walter and Nicole are going to be doing in term for a marriage course, um, and it is open to only a limited amount of people. Um, but what they have learned through their life journey, I think you'll get to hear more of their life journey. But you'll also learn a lot from them as well. So if you go out to the life group wall, there's a little flyer with some information of when it's starting, and then there'll be a sign up process. Um, but this couple have got so much within them and they've got a lot of leadership over their lives. And I am so thankful that you've said yes to running this course here for us. So thank you, Walter and Nicole. Also, if anything that was discussed or shared here today that might have been a trigger for you, please seek help. It's okay to seek help. And whether that's through Lifeline, through counselling, psychologists, talk to um, a pastor or a leader here. um, Like We're here as a church family. So please talk if anything today has triggered you as well well that's awesome absolutely
1: can we put our hands together and thank our panel this morning so good maybe just as the um band comes and joins me and we um and we wrap up this morning um like like rach said our our goal as a church is to develop uh, all of us into to be more and more like jesus and for a lot of us um the relationships that we have will make a major impact into those areas. And, and, and like Rach said, honestly, um, if, you, you know, uh, if you heard some of that this morning, you're like, whoa, that's you know, set something off in me or uh, I've got some questions about that or I just, I just need some support, then we're here to support you. And there's you know, many organisations and support groups that do that. But this morning, uh, I'd love us just to bow our heads and close our eyes. I'm going to pray over us and then invite people to make a decision for Christ. So God, we just thank you right now, Lord. Jesus, we thank you for the wisdom that was shared here, Lord God. We thank you for the authenticity and openness, Lord God, that has been shared. And and Jesus, this morning, we just pause and take a moment where maybe some of the stories that were shared or some points that were given just did something on the inside of our lives uh, I just thank you that your comfort and your peace and your guidance and your conviction Holy Spirit will be there it will be on people's lives it will be bringing hope and bringing peace and bring purpose to people's lives God we we thank you right now over every marriage Lord God I declare blessing and strength Over it, Lord God, over every friendship, Lord God, I declare that you're drawing people closer together, Jesus, as they follow you and serve you together, Lord God, over every family, parents with children, children with parents, God, I declare uh, uh, a supernatural bond. Uh, uh, I, I declare your power and your presence will come and fill those relationships. And this morning, right now, as we take this moment, the greatest and most key relationship that we ever have is our relationship with Jesus Christ and if you're here and you've never made a decision to prioritize that relationship with Jesus then in a moment I'm going to ask you something just a little bit brave and lift your hand up where you are and then we're all going to pray together we won't pull you out the front or embarrass you or anything like that But if that's you and you've never made a decision to, like I said, to prioritise Jesus Christ to make Him Lord and Saviour of your life, or maybe you have, but there's been a long stint of time before that, you know, since that has happened and you know there's been a disconnection that's come. Right now, wherever you are in your seat, would you just lift your hand in this place? I'll see it. You can put it back down. Then we're going to pray together as a church. Is there someone like that this morning that wants to lift their hand in response to Jesus Christ? Thank you, Lord. We thank You, Jesus. Church, would you pray this prayer uh, to to God? Would you repeat it after me out loud? Dear Lord Jesus, this morning, I give my life to You. From this day forward, I'm going to love You and I'm going to serve You
4: all the days of my life. Thank You, Jesus. Amen. Amen.